0: Welcome, boils and ghouls, to Handle With Scare, now part of the Slash Incast Network. We are a podcast discussing horror movies and the phobias that they emphasize. I am your host, Tumbley Drunk, and tonight I'm joined by none other than my co-host, Holly Hooch. Last week, we capped off our techno terror deep dive uh, as we discussed technophobia over the last month with the Japanese oddity Tetsuo the Iron Man. And Holly, you know, technophobia, definitely a lot of heavy hitters in that subgenre. There's a lot of great movies that we didn't even get to talk about, but that's always one that we can go back to.
1: Yes. I'm proud of the movies we did hit because we chose some really heavy hitters. And I think uh, there's just some of the more impressive in that particular phobia. So good, good for us. Good job, us.
0: (laughs) But anyways, this next month, we are going to be tackling an all new, uh, I shouldn't say new type of fear, because this has been basically rampant uh, in recent years uh, and really kind of dates back in just human history as a whole as we talk xenophobia Uh, which is the fear or hatred of foreigners, people from different cultures or strangers. Uh, But, you know, more recently, you know, it's been involving more with discrimination uh, against certain races or just different hate crimes. Uh, Specifically, you know, we're talking things like, you know, post 9-11 hate crimes against American Muslims. Uh, Most recently, anti-Asian discrimination uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic, which, you know, obviously we're still... uh, Kind of like going through right now, unfortunately. Uh, with
1: yeah, it's it's uh <laughs> it's it's fairly serious. I'm gonna take the word fairly back. It is very serious. Yes. But yes, continue.
0: Ah, uh, but anyways, as I noted, we are now part of the Slash Incast Network. A ton of great creators here. A lot of people that I have looked up to uh, over the years in the horror podcast scene. So we are among some really a good company. Uh, and, you know, who knows who you'll be seeing stopping by from time to time on our podcast, or uh, vice versa in this case, but tonight we are going straight out of the gate with one of the more recent successes uh, in horror, one that was critically acclaimed, that being Jordan Peele's Get Out, which was released in 2017, uh, so... The Short synopsis of this movie is it follows a young African American man uh, who visits his Caucasian girlfriend's curse family estate. Uh, a- a- yo, know, that's a curse for <laughs> that's accurate. <laughs> I'm just going off of what the internet says, you know, that's how they described it. Uh, that's definitely not how it kind of plays out, but anyway, so <laughs> uh, a couple of notes as I mentioned, this is a critically acclaimed movie, the reception. Uh, from the critics out of the audience, has been really good uh, when it came out, and Get Out was the first February release since The Silence of the Lambs to score a Best Picture nomination at the Oscars. Uh, and Jordan Peele also won the Best Original Screenplay, making him the first Black filmmaker to earn that honor. Uh, so, really big deal on that front, and it all yeah, absolutely. It all kind of stemmed from an Eddie Murphy bit uh, from the Delirious special, which kind of poked fun at just the way that white people act uh, in haunted house type situations or just dealing with ghosts where, you know, they, they always want to investigate that strange noise or communicate with the undead or l- read from books that they find in the basement that are in Latin. I, I, I don't know. There's just something with the macabre that white people just gravitate towards. I don't know how to uh, how to really describe it. It's just this odd curiosity. You that, have a curiosity
1: have. too. Is that what you're telling me?
0: Uh, <laughs> you
1: killed by a uh, by a bunch of uh, random people. Uh, uh, I don't know, <laughs> squatting in an um, abandoned house because you had to go investigate a noise.
0: Yeah, just a bunch of squatters looking to uh, shoot up heroin or something. You know, they'll just stab you in the eye with the uh, with the needle.
1: You can't trust it happen
0: them. I mean if it Could was happen. if it was Italian horror you know it's gonna be eye trauma can't that's be awesome. anything else
1: I guess you're right there is a lot of eye trauma in Italian horror <laughs> Oh, okay yeah you have to revisit some of that but anyways let's
0: jump right in because uh there's a lot going on with this yes. movie and uh we already we're had already behind yeah we already had some hiccups <laughs> earlier uh so you know that's that's behind us we're looking ahead and hopefully we won't have anyone uh, sneak up on us like what happened in, in the opening sequence when we saw a black man walking through white suburbia in the middle of the night trying to meet up uh, with his girlfriend. Unfortunately for him, he kind of gets turned around because too many of the roads sound the same or have the same name. Uh, and he's just walking through, minding his own business, only uh, to find a car passing by who decides to... Turn around and kind of like follow him, uh, slowly approaching him. And, you know, he tries to avoid any sort of situation here uh, by, you know, just turning the other way. And then he tries to cross the street uh, only to get stopped kind of like dead in his tracks because he realizes that the car door is wide open. And then he gets attacked uh, from behind. And then he's dragged into the trunk of this car. Uh, the suburbs!
1: Aren't there suburbs supposed to be, like, safer where people can, like, look out the windows and see something's happening and call somebody? Yeah, the no, the same suburbs where
0: anymore. you don't lock your doors.
1: Yeah, yeah. or where you uh, sequester uh, women that you've kidnapped for the last ten years. You're right, the suburbs are no safer. You're right. Yeah. It's just, a, it's just misinformation there. It's just a rumor. Whatever.
0: Yeah, not, absolutely nothing to it. Uh, and you know this guy goes missing. Go, go figure. But anyways, so we meet our uh, main characters. We have Chris Washington, uh, who is a black photographer, along with his white girlfriend Rose Armitage. I'm and sitting. Chris is uh, you know going through some recent shots because uh, he is a photographer. Uh, and you know he's uh, he his his work does get uh, known for kind of like all the wrong reasons later on, uh, but. Right now, Chris is just very apprehensive over the fact that he's going to meet Rose's parents for the first time. So, of course, right out of the gate, he wants to know uh, whether or not Rose's parents knows that he is black. Like, he just says, you know, this is kind of uncharted territory for Rose, as he's the first black man that she's dated. And Rose is just brushing off, you know, honey, don't worry about it. You know, my folks aren't racist. You got nothing to worry about. You're, you know, it's just it's all in your head. So they get all of their affairs in order. And, you know, Chris calls his buddy Rod, uh, who is going to be dog sitting uh, during this weekend, uh, and who
1: steals the show?
0: And Rod is just an absolute bag the of laughs. laughs, right? So
1: adorable. He,
0: he is a TSA agent part time and a detective full time, apparently. <laughs> later on in the movie, and a dog sitter a third of the time, yeah, and a dog sitter, <laughs> and you get you just get this witty dog at the
1: very end. Think yeah. about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you get this witty banter about uh, TSA procedures in regards to like how to pat down an elderly woman, which is completely unrelated to anything else that's happening at this time. But basically, Rod's on on, on dog duty at this point while uh, the couple is away at the girlfriend's parents' house. Uh, and, you know, of course, on their trip out, they're already not off to the greatest start because they do hit a deer who is crossing the middle of the road. Uh, And it basically tears the side mirror off the car and then, you know, the deer kind of like walks off or scampers off into the woods uh, where we hear it screaming in pain. And of course, you know, with any accident or in most accidents, a cop does hit the scene and, you know, right out of the gate, you know, there's a lot of racial undertones because of the fact that, you know, this is an interracial couple. Uh, Rose was the one that was driving during this incident, but, you know, the cop, you know, looks at Chris and asks for his ID right out of the gate, uh, and Rose is being defensive, saying, like, you know, he was not the one behind the wheel, and, you know, Chris hasn't done anything wrong, and she basically just calls the cop out on his bullshit, uh, saying, you know... Essentially, that she's not going to let anyone fuck with her man. And, you know, when I watched this movie for the first time, you know, you kind of had an idea of kind of what to expect because of the narrative or the undertones of this movie. And if you're someone who has watched this movie, uh, if you haven't watched it recently... Uh, What I would do is I would say rewatch it, but watch it from a different lens and watch it through the close eye, through the perspective of Rose's character in this movie, because there are moments that seem very fitting for how someone would react in that situation uh, if they were in an interracial couple. Right. But Rose kind of has her own hidden agenda, and she sets a lot of different plays in motion that on the surface seem very nonchalant or not anything too serious you know
1: right but that one that little scene did play sort of double duty in that you know most people especially people of color are not gonna talk to like a police officer you know like not 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 that sort of like really confident and and you know yelling in an officer's face kind of (laughs) kind of like you know carefree personality like that's that's not something you see every day. And it's just it just goes to show that, you know, the, the things that some people can get away with.
0: Yeah, just completely different life experiences uh that you have based on the color of your skin. Uh and unfortunately it's it it's the system. And there yeah. there was an alternate end in of this movie, which I'll we'll talk about Ugh, uh later yeah. in the movie that was super, super depressing. And <laughs>
1: I'm glad we didn't go with
0: that one. <laughs> yeah, the, this one is so much better. Uh, but anyway, so the couple arrives at the parents' place, uh, and Chris gets to meet both Dean and Missy Rose's parents. And right out of the gate, you know, they're very warm and welcoming. Uh, Dean is basically wanted to know how long they've been together, uh, and you know, Chris is like, "Oh, it's been uh, it's been four months," and Rose corrects him it's actually been five months and you know when i saw this initially i was like oh man you you blew it you know you barely got out of the gate meeting the folks for the first time which is already like a a very nervous type of energy to begin with having that sort of first experience it experience like meeting uh you know it's a
1: small faux pas right
0: I forget
1: shit like that all the time, but it just just goes to show that, you know, just sort of right out of the gate, creating that really tense atmosphere, which I would, I would say, uh, and I I mentioned this before that it's kind of like a bait and switch, right? Mm -hmm. So anybody in that situation walking into your significant other's parent's house. You're already in a tense situation where you're trying to connect and it's awkward and people potentially are saying uh, the wrong thing, which we'll get into a little later. But it's already a typical setup that could uh, act as misdirection for anybody walking into a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is what happens, of course, to Chris.
0: Yeah. So the parents had initially, you know, very welcome in. But, you know, that same sort of uh energy that they give off can also kind of be seen from uh being like very smothering. So Rose yes. is finding her dad to be very exhausting right out of the gate. Uh and you know Dean is you know really giddy about having Chris over. He wants to show Chris around the house and give him the grand tour. Uh and you know during this tour we meet both the housekeeper and the groundskeeper, uh Georgina and Walter, both of whom are black. Uh mm-hmm. and you know they, uh, you know they sit down to have uh, tea, and Dean notices that Chris is like tapping the table repeatedly with his hand. And Dean asks whether or not he smokes, uh, which he does. And he he basically tells him like, hey, you know, like my wife Missy, uh, she can help you kick that habit by putting him under hypnosis. Uh, and then we see Georgina oh, no. spacing out and basically <laughs> spills some tea on the table. Uh, and Missy tells her, you know, just go get some rest, go lay down, you'll be as good as new. Uh, and you know, we get to meet more of the family. So we meet Jeremy, who is Rose's brother. Yes. And you know, they're they're having dinner, and of course, one of one of so the, one of the uh one of the first conversations, of course, has to be just embarrassing moments in the life of Rose. You know, it's not passing around, you know, old. Uh, photograph books. you know, They're not showing Rose as a, a naked baby or anything like that. It's all about Rose's past relationships, and Jeremy tells this story, uh, much of this may have rose, about this incident that occurred during the first kiss where a guy tried to slip her some ton. Uh, she... Didn't think that was going to happen, and she accidentally, like, bit down on the guy's tongue and drew blood. Nice. <laughs> so it's like, all right, so uh, it's going to be one of those type of dinners. So Nice and creepy. But yeah, Jeremy, though, giving off those vibes where, you know, you have the warmth of the parents, but Jeremy's very cold. You know, he, he, he seems like he's very calculated. He's, like, leaning forward a lot. He's, you know, his elbows are, like, on the table. Whoa.
1: He's very aggressive and he has very threatening, um, uh, he has a very threatening posture and mm-hmm. he is not, it's very, he's got a very thinly veiled sort of contempt for Chris. And uh, one thing that we did talk about before was how I kind of, you know, you, you kind of step back at the family and, and step back and you look at the family and if you consider them sort of the, you know, different types of uh, sort of racist approaches, I guess, you can see the parents as more controlled And in in a wiser sort of way and and linking about the long game. Right. Uh Whereas, you know, uh, we've got the son here who's who's just um, a lot more visceral and a a lot less uh, covert about his intentions. Uh And then you got Rose, which is honestly, there's a lot of conversation there because she was weird. Yeah, but, uh, there. We'll into it.
0: There's and one I mean, scene with Rose in particular that is so. She's
1: eating fruit loops. <laughs> <laughs> what the uh, hell? That
0: is the most sociopathical scene in that entire movie to me, honestly. And that was
1: just like what is <laughs> happening right now. Like, who behaves that way? Even races. Like, what? It just it did not make a lot of sense to me. But let's get let's get through it. Okay. And then we're gonna put a little bit of pin in this, and then we're gonna get into it.
0: All right, so, you know, Jeremy being the aggressor here, you know, he's trying to poke and pride as much as he can. Uh, you know, asking, you know, what sort of sports is Chris into? And he kind of gets hung up on an MMA discussion. And at one point, Jeremy wants to put on a little jiu-jitsu performance and he wants to put Chris in the headlock. How about Missy, loves
1: that? you know, yeah.
0: doesn't, doesn't want any horseplay involved at this point. And, uh, you know, when they head back upstairs, Rose is really worked up here. You know, she's just... Upset over the way that her family is acting since their arrival. She's trying to apologize to Chris over, you know, everything that has happened so far. And, you know, Chris is just calm. He's collected. He's as cool as a cucumber. It's just brushing right off of him. And it's just... You're at that moment where, you know, I I wouldn't say he he necessarily feels safe, but I, I... You know, there is kind of like that discussion to be had where he feels that he's in a more safe environment, knowing that there are other uh, persons of color in the house or also people that he meets at the party as well.
1: Right. And it's it's funny you should say that, because, like, I've been in the position. (laughs) Let me let me take that back. Yeah, we've some of us have been in the position where you're driven somewhere to meet somebody or Mm -hmm. to enter somebody else's space. And to just feel trapped there, like, it really does uh, sort of turn into this very awkward, like, I have no way of getting out of here. Like, Mm -hmm. if you know, how much would an Uber cost from here to town? That might be $100. So, uh, yeah, like, he is very isolated here. And like you were saying, like, he feels comfortable because there's uh, three people of color (laughs) in, in the following scene that we're about to describe, uh, but even then, he comes to—he comes to realize that they're not going to be any help.
0: Unfortunately, not due to a certain Mm-mm. procedure, which we'll get into. Uh, but you know, that night he kind of w- wakes up. I don't know what time it is. it was—in the middle of the night. Uh, he heads outside for a smoke because he is a smoker, and mm-hmm. uh, that's when he sees the groundskeeper Walter sprinting directly towards him. Uh, and he doesn't know right what up. to make of this uh, uh, walter does kind of take like a, a sharp right when he's br- i mean within spitting distance like four feet yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> like close enough to just be able to like jump up and superman punch you basically the and then he veers move. off it's just like man like when i first saw <laughs> it, I'm like what what the hell is happening right now and then he turns around and he sees georgina staring at her reflection in the window not a mirror the window so it's just mm-hmm. like already you're like, OK, this is like, odd. like what what is happening? Because there's just odd behavior happening. And,
1: you know, that's only, on the clock right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. but You know, they're they're working at the wee hours of the morning. They have to be up 24 uh, seven. That's why, you know, whenever they start to uh, underperform, you know, Missy tells him to uh, go lay down. Maybe that's it.
1: Condescending and not great, and also very weird. Once once you will figure out everything that's going on, like I don't understand the relationship mm-hmm. that these characters have to their previous selves before they were these people, and mm-hmm. then also to their family. And uh, you know, fuck the spoilers, right? Let's just let's just get spoilers, right? Like that's that's grandma, and grandpa. There we yes. go, right? I ruined mm-hmm. it, but yeah, oh, it, it wasn't that? <laughs> I had a really hard time understanding. Like, okay, so you're gonna put yourself into Uh, the body of this new person but then you're going to do yard work or is that just the cover it must be a cover right they're not doing it when people aren't watching right Mm. and they're not i don't know man like this is this is weird okay let's let's move on
0: all right so chris heads back inside only to find missy waiting for him in the room in the dark uh just like any parent would be if someone sneaks out of the house at that time in the morning (laughs) like it's like who who does that a parent no one else. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Missy wants him to sit down, and he wants. Uh, she wants to know whether or not Chris wants to learn more about hypnosis and how that works. And the two kind of banter know, back Chris. and forth about how it's kind of like portrayed on media, whether it's television or in the movies. And then it gets very uh, personal when it comes to Chris and his relationship with his mom, because we we learn that his mom died when he was like ten or eleven. Right. And little does he know that during this conversation between the two that he's actually being put under hypnosis uh, as Missy is basically like running a spoon across the inside of a teacup. And, you you know, you hear uh, that. I wouldn't say it's a soothing sound, but, you you know, you just hear it kind of just grinding along yeah. the, uh, the porcelain or whatever. It the, definitely the cuts through the of.
1: moment. Yeah, that sound. Hmm. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it on you later. All right.
0: Yeah. Was. yeah. We'll see if I sink into a couch or anything. Uh, but anyway, so, you know, Chris mentions that, you know, we didn't call anyone during uh, his mother's, I, I want to say it was a hit and run accident uh, that he mentioned. Right.
1: And yes, he, it was a hit and run and then she needed attention, right? Or assistance. And she, uh, later he finds out that she was alive after she was hit, mm-hmm. but his inability to move because he froze in the moment, uh it didn't lead to her death, but he definitely feels uh, like he might have been able to do something, right?
0: Yeah, he, he does have that uh, that moment where he's like, man, I, I could have actually made a difference here. And, you know, maybe I could still have my mom in a situation. And, you know, he, he feels that paralysis during the hypnosis because we start to see him cry. He notes he can't move. Uh, you know, just like the day when, you know, he decided not to call anyone. He just basically sat there watching TV, not doing anything. Uh, So,
1: like, sort of recreating that trauma and mm -hmm. them using it to break him down.
0: Yeah, so Missy tells him to sink into the floor, and that's when we see Chris uh, basically, like, falling through the seat into this abyss, and we kind of, like, get that rectangular window uh, where we see Missy back in the room, Chris basically, like, falling, uh, and the distance between the two is becoming more and more apparent uh, during this sequence, uh, which, you know, Chris wakes up eventually, uh, and he kind of just chalks it up to being a nightmare, you know, like like nothing happened. Uh, but he does notice that just the thought of a cigarette makes him feel sick. So, you know, the hypnosis aspect of uh, rooting out that problem seems to work.
1: But, I'm, it, it, but it seemed like she left a couple of problems behind, or she yeah. added some. And I've never trusted a Missy, and I don't think I'll ever trust a Missy. But yeah, let's continue.
0: Yeah, so after this, Chris approaches uh, the groundskeeper, Walter, as he's in the middle of chopping firewood. Uh, and, you know, he basically, you know, he's just, gen- like, fun banter, or general banter, you know, noting right. that, you know, you know, they're working you hard. Uh, and Walter just comes off as really awkward. He and Georgina both come off super awkward, uh, for for reasons that we already explained. Uh, and you know, he he mentions you know he didn't mean to scare Chris during his uh, his exercise, as he called it, uh, last night. And. You know, we, we eventually get to this party that's being thrown by the parents at this estate that uh, the grandparents would always throw, you know, when they were alive. And I'll, I'll air quote that as <laughs> because uh, there's, they're, they're still there. Uh, and, you know, it's just like every time it's kind of just like that dog and pony type show, right? You know, Chris right. is just getting... For lack of a better terminology, felt up, yes, very awkwardly by some of the guests. And, you know, even, like, one of the uh, mature women asks, you know, if it's better, uh, referring to, you know, his sexual performance. (laughs) And uh, at one point, uh, Chris spots another black man at this party. So first thing he does is he goes... Uh, you know, right up to him. You know, he tries to have a conversation only for this older woman to approach him. And I remember the first time I saw this, and it it it, it made me think immediately of undercover brother. I don't know if you've ever seen that that movie. I've
1: been trying to remember. <laughs> You're gonna have to refresh my
0: memory. It's basically like a uh, how how should I describe this? I mean I primarily remember it for uh, Denise Richards in that movie. But it Oh yeah
1: <laughs> Wait no because
0: of the fights No yes It was a satirical like spy action comedy, yes. but it was like black uh,
1: with a man in exploitation, like... yes. And then he ha- he puts, like, hot sauce on it so he can eat it. Okay, I remember. I remember now.
0: Yeah, so, it, you know, it dealt with, like, that interracial couple, and he was right. turning more white because he liked mayonnaise, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> Completely besides the point. But, you know, you, you kind of, like, get that feeling with uh, this other black man and this uh, older white woman because, you know, you wouldn't expect a person of color to dress in that sort of fashion, and it just it, it makes him seem like... He's not who he should be, or he's well, someone uh, completely else.
1: It goes with well, yeah. Like the the scene doesn't make sense, right? That's what you were mm-hmm. saying. So, like uh, this really attractive, you know, uh, young man dressed in like old man clothes, hanging out with a woman who's like thirty years older and with a with an awkward personality. And so, like these are things that are not ringing true, which is also the truth for the groundskeeper and the housekeeper. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, these are all, you know, like, they, they make a big deal of that, like, sort of showing you that th- there's some, like, incongruency, there's there's something that's not ringing true in the people that he's connecting with here.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, this uh, this other black man, Logan, you know, he kind of, he, he, he knows that Chris is feeling uh, kind of, like, out of place, but, you know, him just being there makes him feel more comfortable, uh, and, you know, Chris looks to, like, fist bump Logan, and Logan you know, reaches out for a handshake instead. So you kinda like have that awkward exchange too, which is I mean, we I think we've all been there in one form or the other. Yes. I'm very uncool to you. happens yes, to me all so the time. not getting not getting a secret handshake or whatever, Ron, too. You know, that happens too.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've never been Yeah. So let's move through the party.
0: Yeah, so you know the dog and pony show continues, uh, mm-hmm. and eventually Uh, Chris meets Jim, who is sitting alone at this bench at this party. Uh, And, you know, Jim is an interesting character because he is a blind art dealer. And knowing that, you know, the the, the racism is at at the core of the movie, Jim is kind of like the guy who doesn't necessarily, like, act racist, but some of his actions still fall at the expense of, you know, the people around him.
1: So maybe it's like the, it, you know, sort of a, approaching a conversation about the intersection between racism and wealth disparity. Right. Okay. And and so, uh, I, you know, that's 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 really interesting in that, you know, you can you can call it different names, but they're all kind of leading to the same end. Mm hmm and so when you really like step back like what really is the difference it's still sort of oppression and 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 exploitation and what's really interesting about like this scene in the in the party so i mean you're going to get to the auction yes and uh i mean we're not going to skip the auction uh but so you, you, these these things that people are saying and doing to them throughout the party and by doing i mean like the the woman who felt them up Uh, and then, and people asking him like, oh, I want to see your golf swing very, you know, like, no, 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 I got to see how your body moves in this athletic sort of, you know, uh, uh, stance or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, the art critic, um, in, when we get to the auction, when we when we understand finally that the 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 mom and dad here are auctioning off Chris's body to all of these rich people that have physical failings and are trying to move their consciousness into a new body, they're they're asking him for what they want out of his body right
0: mm-hmm. but
1: it's 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 uh it, you know in the auction setting it's very obvious you know objectification but when you think back about how people like might treat people of color like that just in a regular setting that is not an auction it's like that's still object objectification it's still like this this a uh, really uh, uh unacceptable way to behave mm-hmm.
0: yeah and, uh, oh, that's not... <laughs> yeah when uh chris basically heads inside and we see him like walking up upstairs and the party essentially comes to like a screeching halt. There's just that awkward silence where everyone is kind of like just yeah. looking
1: up. Yeah, <laughs> everything's pant- like not pantomime, but everybody's just sort of acting around him for his own for his benefit.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he walks upstairs to find that his cell phone has been unplugged from the charger and the battery is completely dead. Ah, uh, so he blames mm-hmm. that on Georgina. Uh stating that, you know, she, she doesn't like the vibe just over the fact that Rose is dating the black man. Uh and you know, Rose Rose kinda like <laughs> it up as like, wait, that's 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 a theme. She's so attractive that she unlocked her
1: yeah. phone. That was a pretty good line.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Rose also has like that run and gag where she feels like every black man is like just throwing themselves at her, too.
1: <laughs> right. Yes. So these these sort of uh, I mean, uh, the more we get to know Rose or rather like we don't get to know Rose. She does this 180, right? Mm -hmm. Because behind the scenes, what we would think is behind the scenes, she still maintains this personality. And then, of course, we see the big 180 later on. But uh, they're all um, they're jokes that are weaponized. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's interesting when, um, you know, it's 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 hard to pinpoint sometimes. Because you think you might be making a mountain out of a molehill. But honestly, like, you know, more times than not, there's something there.
0: Yeah, so when Chris is able to juice up his phone, he calls his buddy Rod, uh, who says, you know, oh, you know, they they have you on display now. Uh, And Chris (laughs) brings up the fact that, you know, he was put under hypnosis. And Rod is all of us in this situation. (laughs) He's like... How the hell are you not afraid of this shit, right? <laughs> like, what? he's like, I I try to tell you, and you know you oh, still decided to go.
1: The, we forgot the get out scene though. <laughs> he takes a picture of the uh the the dude in the in the old timey clothes, and it sort of pops you know previous consciousness into the body, and and. The man starts getting a nosebleed and yells at Chris to get out. And then, that's, of course, he goes upstairs. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: that's that's a little bit after this. Oh, uh, shoot. I'm so sorry. Not, it's not good. <laughs> uh, so after this phone call with Rod, uh, we have Georgina entering the bedroom. That's when she apologizes uh, to Chris, uh, basically saying, you know, uh, you know, she moved it and it an accidentally unplugged. And rather than tampering with mm-hmm. his cell phone further, she just, you know, set not it down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Chris makes this comment about, you know, there's so many white folks around and, you know, he starts to get nervous and I don't think he kind of like gets the reaction that he kind of expected from Georgina, uh, right. because Georgina basically starts to like cry, uh, momentarily and then she uh-huh. smiles and then she, she, she starts to laugh and starts to just repeat no constantly over and over again. Uh, and you know, Georgina is basically saying, you know, the family, uh, to like family before like leaving the room so like she doesn't she's not conveying the fact like she's being mistreated or anything like that she feels like she is a part of the family which she inherently is because that is the dun, grandmother dun, 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 of dun, dun. the Arbitage family and it's just you know it's we're slowly starting to see more and more but just the the beha- the behavior from the persons of color in this movie never feel right, right and unnatural that is just making Chris feel more and more uncomfortable. Uh, which only gets cranked up tenfold when he tries to uh, take a picture of Logan, who was the out-of-place black man at the party. Uh, but, you know, b- b- before that, you know, there was this uh, interaction where, you know, Chris was meeting some of the other uh, party goers, and uh, you had an Asian guest basically, like, asking Chris, like, you know, what is the uh, the African-American experience like? Uh, in, in America, which is such an awkward conversation to have in its own right. And, you know, as Chris sees Logan, he basically deflects the question over to him. Logan starts to answer. Uh, and that's when Chris tries to, like, sneak a picture. Uh, but the flash is on. And Logan kind of, like, falls into, like, the silence momentarily before he gets very aggressive after this nosebleed that he has. Uh, he starts to like scream at Chris telling him to to get out. so it's kind of like he snapped out of uh, this right. trance-like state uh, where eventually he's being dragged away screaming
1: and he's not trying to hurt him. He just grabs him by the collar and gives him a good shake and tells tells him to get out yeah, movie title yeah, they said
0: the yeah.
1: thing <laughs> except <He laughs> the thing everybody! Yeah.
0: yeah in insert your Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the <laughs> the movie screen. GIF here. <laughs> yeah. Because there's there's gotta be at least one. But anyways, so Dean, the the dad, uh basically chalks us up to a, a seizure induced aggression. And uh, you know, not wanting to deal with the situation anymore, Chris and Rose decide to go on a walk. Uh, and Chris says that, uh, you know, you know, that wasn't a seizure. Uh, and you know, when he came at him, uh, you know, he he felt like Chris knew him in, in that moment. Right. Uh, and he's just kind of, like, airing his laundry out, you know, you know, your mom got in my head, she put me under her spell with the hypnosis, uh, now he's just thinking all this fucked up shit, you know, and he's like, he, he just doesn't want to think about it, and he, he needs to go, and then that is when we hit the auction scene, uh, which is a silent auction, uh, and, right. you know, Dean and Missy were basically like, all right, you know, who wants to play bingo? You know, tip- typical white person shit, you know, <laughs> playing bingo at a party <laughs> Fucking party at
1: a garden party. <laughs> but yes, and I, uh, I remember it took me a minute to figure out what was happening because it was so silent. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yes, uh, uh, you know, there is he, the dad's holding up fingers indicating one quantity, two quantities of monies. Let's say millions. I don't know, hundred thousand, probably millions. So he gets up to ten. What? Oh, no, no, he gets up to more than that. Wasn't like twenty. He flashes his mitts. Yeah, he's he's getting lots of money for this. Lots of money.
0: And of course, that is when we do see uh the picture of Chris up, uh kind of like on the what the f- right. What the fuck are they called? It's I'm trying busy- to like. <laughs> The it, it was a, the picture was on like a pedestal basically. Oh,
1: the I thought you well he's standing in a gazebo. But and yes, he's in the a The picture gazebo. is in a what do you call it? Oh, I guess I don't know either. A display tripod? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a type of
0: pedestal. I can't remember the correct.
1: Artists know this shit. Yeah.
0: I, I don't remember the uh, correct uh, terminology for. It. But anyways, you know, it's it's an auction to bid on the black man in this case, and the winning bid goes to Jim, the blind art dealer. Yep. Who who does note Chris's work during their initial conversation, mm-hmm. uh, and he, he, you know, in that moment too, I'm just like, wait, you're a blind art dealer. Well, how do you actually get to look at like, like yeah. how would you know the paintings or just what they are of or photographs or whatever? And he's just like, my assistant just tells me, <laughs> and he just goes yeah. in there, like that's how can that super convincing
1: fucking nonsense but let's move on
0: yeah so uh you know chris opens up more to rose about uh the death of his mom saying you know she survived that initial hit uh and she kind of like laid there on the side of the road bleeding so she died cold and alone Mm -hmm. uh and rose at this point is like you know let's blow this joint you know this stay has absolutely sucked let's just let's go home uh and we have another conversation between Chris and Rod and Rod is like telling him like hey like that that dude that you know you sent me that photograph of that's that's Lo- like that's someone else that's not Logan like that is someone right. who uh they knew from school or whatever and he's actually like been missing somebody's
1: sister I'm sorry somebody's brother yeah, they they know her yeah. his sister somehow. Yeah, yeah. He
0: was like a a jazz musician who's been like missing for the past like four or six months.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and Rod concocts this theory <laughs> that uh, all these white people are trying to turn uh the black men and women into <laughs> slaves. Not just slaves, sex slaves, sex slaves. And <laughs> I one of the more uh exaggerated performances in this movie from Broad is later when he tries to get help after, you know, Chris has been missing for the weekend, and he's trying to explain (laughs) his theory to the cops. And... It's
1: like, he should have known better. You gotta water it down somehow. Make it more believable. But I think it's supposed to be indicative of, like, people being in denial Mm -hmm. of these kinds of dangers being around.
0: Right. But it was just one of those moments because like initially when he tells the story to uh, the one officer, who's also a person of color, like she like, she doesn't really want to believe it initially, but like she she hears him out, and then when she she tells him to hold on and she grabs two other officers, then we get the very exaggerated retelling of the story, uh, which just uh, causes the, the, the outburst of laughter between the cops and you know you see the <laughs> yeah. officer basically like you know, don't tell me I didn't do anything for you or, you know, like it's one of those moments where you're like, you have to hear this shit.
1: But like I said, he I mean, yeah, you got to dress it up. You can't just tell them the truth. You can't tell them those vampires. No, you mm-hmm. got to say, oh, there's uh meth addicts attacking my buddy. You know, like you got to make it believable.
0: Uh, So, you know, during this conversation with Rod, uh, Chris's cell phone battery dies. Uh, And he is just in a state of panic at this point. He is wanting to leave immediately. Uh, And, you know, they start to pack. And this is when Chris finds this box full of photographs uh, that feature Rose and a bunch of other black men. And it's kind of, like, stowed away in, like, this closet and, like, the door was open, uh, basically. Uh, Rose is, you know, there, stumbling around looking for the keys. Uh, And... You know, when they head downstairs, her brother, Jeremy, uh, is basically, like, blocking off the door. And this, like, this is when attention really gets thick. Uh, because you have Rose, who is presumably trying to find the car keys. Uh, and you know, also,
1: when he's going through those pictures, right, the very last picture mm-hmm. is of Rose. Because there are pictures with of her and other men.
0: Right. And so one she's woman. Lured
1: into the same intro- exactly, <laughs> and one woman who's the body that her grandma took over. And you're like dun dun dun. It's yeah, it's a it's a big big twist. It was fun. It was good.
0: Yeah, well needless to say, uh, things aren't looking too promising for Chris at this point because. Uh, you know, Jeremy is blocking him off from the door. Dean is asking... With a
1: squash? Is that a squash squash rocket or something? No, what is that called? I don't know uh, if Field was... hockey. It's field hockey, right?
0: Like lacrosse? Because it's got a little yeah. basket.
1: Lacrosse, yeah. yeah it's yeah. got the little basket at the end. And it's just a very rich person sport, is what I'm saying.
0: And uh, I'm we, call that out. We, we, do, we do see more <laughs> sports coming into play uh, later on with some of the other fights uh, as well. But basically, uh, Dean at this point is asking Chris what his purpose in life is. <laughs> Uh, and Jeremy, ever being the aggressor, takes a swing at Chris with the lacrosse stick. Uh, Mrs. Wadley. Uh, what happen, man? which, you know, if if you're I well, I didn't understand this. Okay, so if I'm in a situation and I'm trying to hit someone with the lacrosse stick, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna swing it like a fucking bat. You're gonna cross check someone like a hockey stick. Ah,
1: right? <laughs> like... <laughs> See? You got things that buggy. That too. is way,
0: way more controlled than actually swinging this See, lacrosse stick
1: way <laughs> over my head i didn't even think about that <laughs> what i saw was like he swung at me, like he's clearly uh, chris is uh, clearly in a dangerous situation asshole swings at him and then he says nothing happened man because he didn't make contact but it's like mm-hmm. well you clearly swung at me this is clearly a fight and now you're trying to you know tell me to calm down like it's no so it was uh you know every little moment like that is sort of like a, you know, reminiscent of like smaller interactions that essentially mean the same thing because they're all headed towards the same direction. Right. So yeah, some good shit.
0: Yeah. Good so shit. Rose
1: does acting in this movie too.
0: Does end up finding her keys. Lo and behold, and she tells Chris that she can't give him the keys. Uh, but and That's ju-
1: when yeah, the facade is just yeah, dropped
0: completely. Oh, dropped and she's, she's evil, a cold-hearted bitch.
1: Cold-hearted bitch. <laughs>
0: Uh, so at this point, Jeremy's just egging Chris on uh, and Chris looks to attack. And of course, Missy is there to put him back under hypnosis.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, By just clicking that little teacup.
0: Yeah. And as uh, as Chris falls into his sleep, Rose notes that he was one of her favorites uh, mm-hmm. as he sinks back into the second place.
1: And uh, then mom tells son like, no, you can't take him off on your own. You've already damaged him enough. Like he's an object. Mm-hmm. to them he is. So sad.
0: Yep, just another body for uh one of their other rich white people to uh to overtake mm-hmm. at this point and possess.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess I can say this about that situation. Uh I don't think anybody's coming for my body. <laughs> I haven't left the house all day. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> let's just say I'm not the prime candidate, but let's move on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, So when Chris awakens from this hypnosis, he finds himself strapped to a chair uh, and he tries to free himself first by biting at the straps. Of course, that is to no avail. And that's why we see like this video starting to play on this like old timey television uh, in front of him in this room. And it's kind of like the, uh, the prep video, I guess would be the best way to put it before like the procedure that's to come later on. And it's of the grandfather uh, who is basically saying, you know, the family has been over the years perfecting the coagula formula. And Rose's grandfather explains that the family uh, transplants their brains into others' bodies, uh, which grants them, you know, more preferred physical characteristics uh, and a, a form of immortality. Uh, so that was that's why we see, like, the auction for new bodies, uh, and and- there
1: was, uh, yeah, there a little reference to that too when they first meet. Um, Dad sort of talks about Grandpa's sort of what was it? He he was at the Olympics, right? Yes. No, no. He he was he at the Olympics or did he miss his shot to go to the Olympics because of a of an athletic rival?
0: Yeah, he was beaten uh, by a black man. Way. It was, like, yeah. set during, like, World War II, apparently.
1: Because, they, they, you know, they bring up Hitler and shit. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, basically, you, it, you know, it drops on you that, like, oh, so, you know, Grandpa was envious of, uh, of, of these black men. And so, like, that's where, you know, this whole idea of taking over their bodies, like, started up.
0: Yep, they were going for something man. that... What they sought after was more like genetic uh, superiority, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that's that's when we got you know Rod's panicked call to uh, for a sex slave pitch to the cops, which they don't buy at all. Uh, and you know I, I remember the woman after this whole, whole ordeal just kind of like laughs it off, and she's like, "Man, those white girls they get you every time."
1: Oh, oh man. <sighs>
0: Of course they had to to put that one in there. Uh so you know Rod constantly trying to get a hold of Chris. Chris doesn't pick up. But eventually Rose picks up the phone call from Rod. And of course at this point Rose is a putting on a performance. She's putting on an right. act.
1: And she's doing this whole like um stone face but with a voice that's like shaking mm-hmm. and putting on pretense. And because at this point there's nobody looking at her so she doesn't have to act with her face although it's a little weird there because even when I'm acting and nobody's looking at me, I'm just on the phone. I'm, make, I'm making faces right now, Tina. You. you can't see it. <laughs> I'm making faces. I'm not. I'm not functioning like she does. Mm-hmm. But uh, Rose is its own. Rose is her own conversation. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. I'll have her later.
0: Yeah. She's like you know Chris left two days ago. Uh, you know we got all paranoid. Got in the cab and he left. Uh, and he you know he left his phone behind and Rod. He's like, okay, well, like, what what cab company did Chris use uh, when he went to leave? And Rose just never. acts confused. like,
1: she's... I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah, so really pouring it on. And at this point, you know, Ron had had enough. He's like, all right, screw this bitch. I'm going to record this conversation, and we're going to have that gotcha moment. Yeah.
1: But, but that doesn't happen. <laughs> She turns the tables, uh, yep. makes it all about him hitting on her, like quote unquote, he always has. Mm-hmm. And so it was hilarious. He's like, You're evil genius. <laughs> I really love that part too. Oh, Rob, you can't get one over him. He's yeah, big. she's
0: just like, Rod, stop. You know, I know what this yeah. is all about. You know, you're obviously, obviously, there's been something between us. Yeah, You've been trying to get running. at me all this time. He's
1: because- like, <gasps> <laughs> I really
0: dug it. Yeah, needless to say, all of the. Whatever information that Rod was hoping to get, he does not get at all on mm-hmm. this recorded phone call. So no. that doesn't work out. Uh, so we head back to Chris, who's, you know, st- still in uh, this room. And he awakens to another video feed. This one from Jim, who uh, looks like he's about to head into the uh, procedure for the coagula formula.
1: And tell them, like, I don't hate black people, but I'm just going to take your body anyway. <laughs> Because you're poor and I'm rich. I, mean, I don't think he sends that part, but I'm paraphrasing, but whatever.
0: Yeah, and Chris basically is like, you know, why why black people? Uh, and Jim doesn't really give him an answer. No. You know, he, he kind of makes it seem like it's not personal or anything, but, you know, as I said, like, you know, th- there are always people who have, like, the, um, like their go-to cards so are like, oh, I'm not a racist because...
1: I voted for it-
0: Obama or whatever, but like there are definitely take
1: advantage of the racist structures right. that benefit you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like there are, there are just some actions that still kind of like portray that message. And Jim just kind of like falls into that category. Uh, mm-hmm. So at this point, uh, Chris is about to be prepped for the surgery uh, and he ends up clocking Jeremy in the back of the head with, it was I, I don't know if it was a racquetball or like a pool no, ball. It was
1: a decorative orb. That oh, okay. It was, an was orb. solid enough. It was this yellow orb, like, you know, little, little table tchotchke, and he just went to town. So
0: regardless, something something that had a little bit of weight to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it comes to find out that uh, you know, during this video feed where we do see the hypnosis uh tea spoon, <laughs> uh, Chris wasn't hypnotized because he decided to uh, use some of the seat cushion in because he was kind of like clawing at the, the armrest right. and he stuffed his ears uh, with them so he wasn't under hypnosis. So that, that was that was pretty cool and not something that we actually get to see put into play.
1: Yeah, it was a nice little like sort of out of left field, but you know, they, they, did, they did signal to it, but they didn't show us. Mm-hmm.
0: So we hear Dean calling out for Jeremy uh, and when he does this, Chris comes in with the deer head of all things and it,
1: and uh Dean gets impaled
0: with this. Yeah.
1: He get the, he gets the horns. You mess with the elk, you get the horns, man. Or deer, whatever.
0: Yeah, well, I'm being close enough.
1: <laughs> uh, well, that's the whole point, right? Like so early at the very beginning of the movie, they hit a deer. He goes and he stares at the deer and it's all like foreshadowing and shit. This is him. He's the deer and then he's fighting back. Him and the deer are fighting back. Mm-hmm. It's on the nose, but you know, I got a nose.
0: Yeah, so Chris heads back to the main floor of this house uh, to find Georgina waiting in the kitchen, uh, and she runs off uh, to warn the others, basically, uh, that, you know, Chris is on a loose, and Chris ends he's up still getting...
1: disoriented, too, yeah. yeah he's, he, like, stumbling around. He
0: still is. Uh, he's still weakened because, you know, he had been hypnotized for a while, uh, and then he wakes up, but, like, you don't really regain your, your strength in this case. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, he gets stopped by Missy, who ends up, like, stabbing him... With like a letter opener, after
1: uh, they both reach for the tin cup and yeah. he smashes it.
0: Yeah, no more hypnosis. Like, there bitch. goes your power.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then she brings out the letter opener, stabs him through the hand, but he's already so sedated that like he doesn't really react. Nope. And and, uh, and is able to fight her off and uh, and stab her.
0: Yeah, stabs yeah, right through the hand. Has get. no reaction. Overpowers her. Stabs her with it. Uh-huh. It's all uh-huh. good. That's what you get. And uh, <laughs> you know he looks ahead out the door, and of course you know Jeremy. Getting clocked with that uh, mystical ball of sorts. Jumps him from behind. Applies a rear naked choke. Uh, but Chris, you know, basically, like, kicks himself off the door to, like...
1: blaming the fight scene here. Because I don't understand why he keeps going. I mean, I understand why he goes for the doorknob at the end. But, yeah, like, like, explain the little fight before the doorknob piece. Well,
0: the way that I took it, you know, Jeremy was basically going for the rear naked choke. Because he wanted to put uh-huh. Chris back to sleep. To bring Which him back to the surgery.
1: The chokeholds that have been killing lots of people in police custody.
0: Yeah. But, you know, he was just trying to make him go nighty-night just so they could, you know, get through the procedure. But it was just the fact, like, it was so close to the door where, you know, Chris just got the idea, hey, I could use this for leverage. Yeah. So when he he kicked okay. off, there we go. Okay. and then, you know, he used that momentum to basically loosen the grip, and then eventually he stabs uh, Jeremy and also his, with the tries letter He to opener. stab
1: him behind him, but, it, uh, you know, he's able to—, to to uh, sort of uh, the, the brother is able to sort of like move away from mm-hmm. from the letter opener so yeah the leg comes forward he the leg comes forward he's he loosens his grip because of it and he's also able to stab him okay i got it i got it okay let's move on
0: and of course <laughs> as jeremy is down chris repeatedly stomps him uh yeah. and swipes the keys yeah and
1: Pretty satisfying
0: and okay so th- we got to the more important. Discussion of <laughs> this whole movie, where Rose, being the complete fucking sociopath that she is, yes. is in her room Fruit Loops. eating dry cereal, which is Fruit Loops in this case, and then she proceeds to drink milk through a straw.
1: But- it's she's not like it's a glass <laughs> of milk in a bowl of cereal. Like why the fuck yeah. would you I don't know, maybe it's because it's like cleaner that way, like separate <laughs> <gasps> separated that way, maybe. I don't know. The milk's by itself. I don't understand. But so she's just sitting there, like not having any expression, dressed in a i guess it's kind of like a riding outfit yeah it's it's a riding outfit outfit. yeah it's a riding riding. outfit which is like really when are you gonna go horse riding tonight i don't understand so you know like a plain white shirt and oh and she's got the pictures framed Mm -hmm. of all of her conquests behind her yeah her trophies uh like like they're like it's a sport like she's not being pimped out although she is and so uh but yeah like i don't understand i'm wondering if it means like Oh, you know, she's so extremely programmed. She's so trained that in her off time, quote unquote, off time, all she does is sit quietly and eat Fruit Loops and sip milk in a perfectly clean space. You know what I mean? Mm. Like without emotion. I guess I'm wondering if that's what it means. Like it's not like she's, you know, listening to records and like doing her hair. No, it's, she's being a psycho in yeah. private.
0: Yeah. And all the meanwhile, she's uh, looking for new recruits. uh, Mm -hmm. her family to target in this case but yeah Right. when when I saw that cereal scene I was like who the fuck does this
1: (laughs) she must be killed (laughs) we gotta put an we gotta talk about Rose we must put an end to Rose yeah
0: at that point okay
1: you've gone too far (laughs) and then even if I was eating dry cereal which I have in cases when there's no milk Mm -hmm. but you know you eat it by the handful you don't take a single fruit loop and then bite it in half ugh but I'm chubby so maybe that's why Alright,
0: let's move on. But anyways, uh, Chris is looking to flee the scene. because uh, he you know, he, he got a hold of the keys from Jeremy. Uh calls nine one one, uh, but unfortunately, uh, he hits Georgina with the car. You know, he stops to help her because you know he didn't help the last woman who was in need, uh, that being his mom. Uh so you know, still feeling guilt at that goes uh, to help Georgina. Yeah, that's
1: right, he couldn't do it again. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm like, can't do that again. So uh he grabs Georgina, puts her back in the car. Uh, as we see, oh, incidentally,
1: hmm? this car, though, uh, is the car from the kidnapping scene mm-hmm. where, you know, it, it's that white, that same white car that was that was uh, tracking that. Well, did we get that dude's name, by the way, the guy who was kidnapped and like had his.
0: That was, uh, you know, before was he name? was renamed Andre, yeah. Andre.
1: Andre. OK, so that's the car. They kidnapped him. And then later when, you know, the, the guy was wearing a helmet when he when he choked him out. Which is apparently like, yeah, that's his go-to move. So yeah, that was, so you're like, oh, it's the brother doing all this shit. Anyways, yeah, so he picks up Georgina, and yeah. uh, that was probably a bad move, but he couldn't help himself. He just couldn't do that again.
0: Yep. So he puts her inside the car. Uh, we see Rose basically like grabbing a rifle, and she she makes this comment like, grandma. So at, th- at that point, that's when we get the revelation <laughs> that uh, the black people who are on the property aren't actually them. They're actually family members at this point so uh Georgina claws at Chris and the two of them end up you know fighting over the wheel they collide with a tree uh Georgina unfortunately for her a little bit worse for wear uh and you know Rose is starting to shoot at the car ends up hitting the, uh, the side mirror and at this point Chris is on foot uh Grandpa Walter, is chasing after him, he ends up tackling Chris down to the ground. Uh, and he he kind of like, like
1: goes straight for
0: scar. uh the eyes, basically, or just like trying to ah. have like some head trauma of yes. sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, Chris noting what happened with Logan earlier in the movie snaps a picture on his phone, uh, which causes Walter to uh, back down yeah, momentarily. Uh, You know, Rose catches up at this point and Walter asks for the rifle, uh, which ends up being a bad, bad, (laughs) a bad move on Rose's part because she gets shot in the chest. uh, Good
1: thinking on his side, like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm in a very short moment of clarity. Let me go ahead and pretend I'm grandpa and take the and take the gun. Yep.
0: And
1: buddy, good move. After
0: shooting Rose, Walter takes the gun, points it up. Against his uh, his chin, and he shoots himself in the head.
1: Because, you know, there's no other way to get out of the situation at this point, unfortunately.
0: Yep. That was the uh, the only way to escape the, the control at this point. Uh, so, you know, Rose at this point, down on the pavement. Uh, she's still trying to reach for the rifle, but Chris is able to get to it first. Uh, drags it away from her. Uh, and then this is when we see Chris starting to choke Rose out. Uh, and, you know, all the, all the meanwhile, like, as Rose is getting choked, she's, like, smiling
1: at Chris. Yeah, what what's up with that? Like, <laughs> oh, look what you're doing. Look who you are. I don't know. Like, I don't understand. Rose is, like, uh, an enigma in this movie. I mean, she's this is so a woman who
0: eats dry cereal and then proceeds to drink milk through a straw. So maybe she There's just no enjoys it. There's no reason
1: in <laughs> it. Enjoys getting choked out. Enjoys the violence. Ugh. Okay, which is not to say that people that enjoy that are bad. I'm just saying like, Well, I mean she's uh, bad. She's bad. I,
0: I wouldn't be too surprised just knowing how her brother acted throughout the movie, because he is oh. an aggressor. Uh-huh. So, you know, maybe she does like it a little rough. Who knows? Who knows? Uh but anyway. I mean we're
1: coming to we're coming to a close.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Rose is calling out for help as uh what is presumed to be a cop car hits the scene. Right. Uh, lights, sirens. You know, Chris seeing the seeing the lights and the sirens puts his hands up. Uh, as we see Rod leaving his he's... car.
1: <laughs> yes, but anyway, but he stops choking her before the cop car, right? Like he's like, oh, I'm not gonna kill you this way because she's smiling at him, right? Mm-hmm. Am I am I remembering that right? And then uh, and then the car shows up, and then you're like, oh no, and then your stomach sinks because you're thinking like a cop's coming into the scene and making assumptions about. You know, who, who's the aggressor right. and who's the victim? And you're like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And of course, Rose is also like, <laughs> and she's like, hell, hell. And then Rob comes out and it's fucking great. Because it's a TSA car. What?
0: Yeah. Okay. So I I, I guess the the easiest way to think of it is like during this choke scene, maybe Rose Mm. had heard the siren. So she just assumed it was the cops. So she's
1: got amazing hearing because even though she was eating dry cereal with her headphones in, she heard Chris uh, hitting Georgina with a car, you know, outside of the house. So, man, she's got great hearing. Maybe she saw Mm -hmm. the
0: reflection in the window. Just like Georgina oh, yeah. did earlier. Ah, <laughs> uh, but anyways, you know, Chris asked how you know Rod had found him, and of course, you know, he's just like, "Cause I'm motherfucking TSA," <laughs> you know, because uh, he's basically a detective at this point. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And he, you know, Chris We're needs. We're not
1: poking holes today.
0: Yeah, Chris needs to consider this situation handled, uh, and then yeah. that that ends the movie. Okay. So as I mentioned, there was an alternate ending uh, yes. to this movie. Uh, the other one. Basically, had Chris killing Rose in in this scene. And it wasn't Rod who shows up. It it was the cops in this situation. So you had Mm -hmm. two cop partners. Uh, Chris gets jailed. And, uh, you know, Rod being the good friend, uh, knowing, you know, really what happened, is trying to fight the system. Uh, But of course, this is a system that uh, doesn't do. A person of color really any favors so okay. you know they're just going off the information on hand and of course it's all being spewed from the the white elitist perspective and and the rich uh so it's just an unwinnable battle and Chris basically just tells Rod outright like you know you know I I'm good like there's there's nothing we can do and he just kind of like gives into the situation at that point so man with that been, been a downer <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah oof that would have been, uh, I mean, like, I know that uh, um, a lot of people make fun of, uh, like, American films because we have more happy endings than not. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I work all day and life is fucking rough as it is. And, you know, sometimes you just need a small little tiny win. So I'm glad they went with the with the Disney ending on this one. <laughs>
0: yeah you know rod and deserved that victory right
1: yes he did so well
0: because he was even telling the cops you know sometimes we do it even better than you guys you know <laughs> <laughs> that just comes to show man did he put the cops in their place in this uh, situation
1: yeah although uh, can you imagine trying to explain this whole scene still afterwards that's a lot of dead bodies yeah yeah <laughs>
0: I mean, that is true. And I will say, like, his, his whole theory about uh, turning the, the, the black men into sex slaves wasn't completely wrong, you know, because obviously mm-hmm. there were uh, some cougars in, the, in this party who were right. sizing him up in a different manner. Uh,
1: yeah, so... I mean, at the end of the day, like him, uh, you know, the the the, the young, the, the men in, in themselves were being sex slaves, but they just had extra brain in there of an old... White dude, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it's essentially for them it was, but for the for the other dude, I don't know, just another extra body to play with, I guess. And honestly, like a you know, in a sense for them too, a sex life there too, a slave Mm -hmm. in general. So you know, it's it's it was a good movie. I liked it. I um, you know how like for the movies that we review, I go online and I look at the other reviews that have been put out there, and I just you know just to see other people's perspective to make sure I'm not um you know. Uh, yeah to gain ideas but also to make and, and I and I give credit when credit is due, but also to make sure that I'm I'm not like doubling up on stuff. Uh-huh. And uh there is a, a lot of really interesting reviews out there from a lot of different perspectives. And I've never come across this before. But there was this one review called the non-racist review of Get Out. Okay. And as it turns out, it is an incredibly racist review of Get Out. So uh, don't 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 watch that one, people. It's um, not great. I stopped after ten seconds after after the guy said the director wasn't really black. I'm like, oh no 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 bye 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 bye. So yeah, like it's just uh, this uh, this movie is very thought provoking and it, it really um, you know, starts a conversation for sure, but you know, like, let's not be surprised about, you know, some of the some of the actors in the conversation too. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. so, so, all in all, you know, it has been uh, four years at this point uh, since Get Out came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, did your thought process change in regards to the second view viewing? Uh, like, are you liking it more now than when you did initially?
1: I feel like I like movies more when I when I review them mm-hmm. again for this show, just because I'm being so much more attentive. I think that you know, in general, uh, my 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 attention span has really been split up between all the different forms of entertainment that we have. But uh, I I I do have to admit that like the I think the movie is very good, and it's very good on a, on a lot of different. Uh, levels the cinematography the acting I think the writing is really solid I think the the subject matter is really really interesting and 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 great uh, but it's a very straightforward movie too you know mm-hmm. so I think that like the same about it now was the way that I felt about it the first time I watched it but I will say that I paid a lot more attention and caught more of those little easter eggs and it's it's a very enjoyable watch and it's uh, and it's just all around good
0: yeah, and I think for me to, um, you know, I, I I still need to rewatch us at at some point, which is also uh, yeah, similar similar uh, racial tones that in that, that movie. <laughs> yes. but I remember when I when I watched that one initially in theaters, there there were a lot of details that were like kind of sprinkled in to kind of like explain the backstory a bit more. Uh, that really didn't have a lot of room to breathe. So mm-hmm. whenever I do watch it again, I want to see if I. Can, just find a better understanding of it because um, this that one was w- a l-
1: lot more complex. I thought, and, right. and in fact, the first time that I watched it, I was like, "I, I know there's things I'm not getting," mm-hmm. and so I, and then that one, I watched a lot of different reviews and sort of understood it from di- different people's perspectives and and, and got more a, a better understanding. Mm-hmm. But that one was a lot more just robust and and mysterious, let's say.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I like get out a lot. I wouldn't say a lot more, but I think Get Out is a more complete film because it is easier to d- digest. You have a better mm-hmm. understanding um, of, you know, just the themes that were, uh, you know, involved throughout the entirety of this right. movie, and a lot of it is with the marginalization um, of of black men and women, and that's kind of basically like what you know the Sunken plays is. You know, there's just that suffocating feeling where uh, a lot of elements in life uh, mm-hmm. are. Just completely out of your hands, where you know you you have that feeling of isolation or that feeling of hopelessness.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: so despair, you know, again, like as I said earlier, so the next time you guys sit down to watch this, um, you know, watch it through Rose's lens and just you know, pick up on just her actions in this movie, uh, and then. You know, I I think the more interesting thing about this movie is just seeing that complete 180 that her character in particular takes because, you know, she is very endearing at the start. And then you get that sociopathical (laughs) uh, dry cereal and milk drinking scene and you're just like... This cannot be the same person. There's just no
1: way. Yeah, she doesn't um in a lot of movies, whenever there is an evil character, you get little like little clues that maybe the the, the characters in the movie don't catch, but uh-huh. you as a viewer can't because they're made for you. And so a little like, you know, mysterious music, oh a pregnant pause, you know, a, a weird look. You know, there's little ways that that directors can signify like this person's bad, this person's not being honest. Mm-hmm. But they don't do that a lot at all with Rose. They they straightforward carry her as a, a a good person who is trying to stand up for her boyfriend. And at the very and and it's on purpose because they want you to trust her and and understand that you know she's you're being tricked like Chris as well, and you're not gonna see that 180 until the very end and it is very surprising like you know of Mm -hmm. course the the first time you watch it's such a such a special moment in a person's life the first time you watch a horror movie (laughs) because you fall for all the tricks right which is great you i love falling for the tricks and the second time you're like "Mm," but she's evil yeah Um, she's the bait she's the bait and uh you know like uh uh, this she is very much so a two-dimensional character which mm, this movie isn't about her or uh Women in the story, uh, that much, or at least from a you know multi dimensional way, uh, but like that that was it was still very interesting to see that you know we were supposed to fall for her too, mm-hmm. and then we feel betrayed as well. Yeah. So you know that's a that's a big old that's a big old punch in the gut. Yeah. Fucking so cereal eater.
0: Yeah. If 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 you're listening to this episode, let us know, one of two things: do you pour the milk or the cereal first? And you know, regardless of
1: that. Are you one of those people first. who eats oh God, dry
0: cereal and then drinks milk after?
1: <laughs> no. I mean, I will eat some dry cereal if there's no milk. Right. <laughs> you and I are in the first, same boat. then milk, and then, yes, I'll eat some dry cereal, but I'm not going to take a nibble out of a fucking mm-hmm. fruit Loop. I will put, like, ten of them in my mouth and then chew them until I choke. Yeah, there Because that's, that's the normal way to do things.
0: Yeah. I mean, she does like to be choked, but that's just a different <laughs> kind of choking. <laughs> But, anyways, uh, that will do it for us here tonight on the handle Whisker. If you guys want to hey, contact. What network now? Slash and Cast Network.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. I can stop my day job because I'm very, very looking forward to that day. Uh, Because we're making so much money in this new network I'm kidding, I'm very happy to be part of this (laughs) I'm very happy to be part of this family And I'm very excited to listen to the other podcasts too
0: Absolutely, so if you guys want to contact our show You can email us at handlewiscarepod at gmail.com We do have our website uh, at handlewiscarepod.com. We also have uh, a podcast page on the Slashingcast Cast Podcast Network page Mm -hmm. as well Which I'll link in our show notes uh as well as you can reach out to us on twitter at handle with scare uh you know but for now you know that will do it for us here tonight so the only thing we have left holly
1: yeah is, is uh your
0: real name? Oh. us i mean you need to tell me what we're talking about next week
1: well we can't uh we came up with two other movies and we need a fourth now, Candyman came up, which uh, we're, we're talking about the original, which is sounds all right. And then the other movie was, can you remind me? Uh, I can look <laughs> at our conversation. Hold on a second. Well, are we talking about no, no, my, no, no. my other pick
0: that I was questioning? Yes. Yes. Cannibal Holocaust?
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh my God! Yeah, Cannibal Holocaust. How did I fucking forget that? By the way.
0: Yeah. So. It's a hard movie to forget.
1: That's a hard movie. Do you want to end with that movie, or should we throw it in the middle so we can process it through the phobia review?
0: I would rather end with that one, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> you know, let's, let's end big and weird with Cannibal Holocaust. So I think I think Candyman. Then I mean that would make sense because yeah. you know we we have the. Uh, the reimagining coming out towards uh-huh. the end of the month, which you know we're both excited Exciting. for. Oh, I cannot wait! You know, out oh, of it's gonna be good. out of all the movies that like got delayed, that was the one that made me like
1: really, nice. really
0: upset. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, oh, we were right there. <laughs> no, 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 no! Oh! All right, yeah, I'm excited too. Oh, and you mentioned okay, uh, is it too late to talk about the the Netflix slasher movie trilogy? No. Over. Cut it out. No. Which one? Yes. You watched the Netflix slasher trilogy that came out.
0: Oh, Fear Street.
1: Yeah. But what and is... you wanted to talk about it, but maybe not anymore. No.
0: Nah. It's, okay. nah, it's fine. No. Let's cut it. We'll we'll do that some other time. Uh but okay. Yeah. So next week, Candyman. Next week,
1: Candyman.
0: Nineteen ninety two, not the one that just is candyman, coming out. Candy
1: man, candyman.
0: With a course, Tony Todd. Uh and I'll tell you Bring all back
1: the bees, Candyman. Sorry.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, stop! Stop <laughs> trying to stash your razor blades in kids' candy. Oh wait, that wasn't actually you. That's besides Ever the point. Ever a
1: thing that happened? Yeah, <laughs>
0: you know, just some made-up story. But anyways, you know, mm. we'll we'll talk all about Candyman next week. Uh, yeah. Directed by Bernard Rose, and uh, we'll see you next week. You enjoy your weeks, uh, and uh, yeah, let, let let us know how much of a sociopath you are with dry cereal and uh, and milk.
1: And Froot Loops.
0: And Froot Loops. All of the above.